Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 218, Scouting and Cyber Scouting, Public Land, and for that matter, really, any land. And I am your host and the guy who almost overdosed on college football over the holidays. I mean almost overdosed on it. We have one more college football game, real college football game, coming up. And for me and some of you guys and gals listening to this show, it's the game that matters. So by the time I release next week's show, we will know if the Champions in college football are the Clemson Tigers or the Crimson Tide of Alabama. If you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know that, well, there's certain, I guess, landmarks on the calendar that signal we're getting close to turkey season. One of those landmarks is the day that I look forward to after June the 22nd every year. And of course, as we know, when June 22nd rolls around, that is the beginning of the shortening of the daylight period during the day. So we've hit that date that I look forward to, and that date is December 22nd, which is the day of the year when we have the shortest amount of daylight period. So that means to me, the days are getting longer. And as the days are going to get longer, the turkeys are going to think about love a little bit more. And I know that we all love turkeys who are in love. The other milestones that we've passed on the calendar is that Santa has come and gone. All the Christmas decorations have been put up. New Year's has come and gone. And there's no excuse to mess around any longer. The holidays are over. It is time to get back in the routine, to get serious, and get busy. Because we are 72 days, 12 hours, 4 minutes, and 48 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. We are just under two and a half months away. Last week I talked about my 2019 turkey hunting goals and I hope that most of you guys have taken the time by now to get your 2019 turkey hunting goals together. I've heard from a few of you already but I still want to hear from more of you guys and that is just a little teaser for one of my favors of the week. So I'll talk to you about that a little bit more towards the end of the show. 
But first, we're going to have a little bit of turkey mulligan stew where I'm going to pick a couple of random topics and talk about those. And we're going to get knee deep in it right now. So first up is a topic suggestion from Matt Wood. Actually, both of these topic suggestions today are from Matt and they're related. Matt suggested a show on cyber scouting on large pieces of public land and where to start scouting on large pieces of public land. These two topics go very well together. You guys may remember that I did an episode on scouting for turkeys using Google Earth about two or three years ago, and a great deal of info in that episode is still accurate and useful, so you can refer to that episode for a good listen if you haven't heard it or want a refresher. That episode is episode number 55 using Google Earth to become a better turkey hunter. This episode, however, is going to be a little bit different because I'm going to talk a bit about using OnX as well as using boot leather and gathering intel. And I'm going to talk about those topics in the context of my actual hunts from this past spring in Minnesota and Georgia, both of which were on public land that I'd never stepped foot on before my hunts there. So let's talk about Georgia first, because my Georgia hunt likely fits the bill to a T of what Matt is talking about. So I hunted the Chattahoochee National Forest in North Georgia, which is only about 867,000 acres of nearly contiguous forest land, which all very much looks the same. Pine and hardwoods mixed, very hilly with 1,000 to 2,000 foot elevation changes, and a stream or creek running through almost every single valley in the area. So where do we start scouting a piece of land that is so large where everything looks the same? Personally, I started with phone calls and asking questions. I called one of the park rangers and told him what I was doing and asked him if he turkey hunted and if he would point me in the general vicinity of some turkeys. So he told me that he no longer turkey hunts, that he has dogs that he likes to train now, and that he spends most of his spare time training dogs, and that he hasn't turkey hunted in about four or five years. Now, that tells me two things. Number one, he knows what he's talking about, when it comes to turkeys because he is turkey hunted. And number two, I'm not any competition for him. So he's more likely to open up and share information with me. He very graciously did open up and gave me about three to five areas where he consistently still today sees turkeys. The problem with all the spots that he told me to go is that they were about an hour drive from where I was staying. But I still took great notes of our conversation and where he told me to find turkeys because, as of that point in time, that was the only place that I knew to go. I'm gathering intel. Some of that intel is going to be usable. Some of that intel is not going to be usable. We should gather that intel today and decide tomorrow and while we're hunting if that intel is usable or not. I was scouting by phone. So any information he could share with me was good information for me. He did tell me in our phone call conversation that he knew very little about the area where I was going to be hunting and where to find turkeys there. But 
he still shared his information with me, and that was huge. I probably should have pressed the issue with him to ask him for another ranger's contact information in that area where I was staying, but I didn't. I was going to work with the information that I had at that point in time. Now, I had spots to hunt, even though they were further away than I wanted to drive. Next, I just needed to know more about those North Georgia mountain turkeys. What kind of calls do they like? Where do they like to roost? Where do they like to fly down? What typically are they doing right after fly down? Mid-morning, midday, mid-afternoon, late afternoon, etc., etc., etc. Now, at this point, this is where I used some of my connections, and I got some intel that helped me immensely. I contacted my buddy J.R. Holly with Dixie Fowl Company, who you guys probably remember from a few episodes last year where we did our giveaway of some Dixie Fowl Company gear. But J.R. lives and hunts in the North Georgia mountains, and I picked his brain about hunting those turkeys. J.R. doesn't hunt the same turkeys specifically that I was going to hunt because he typically hunts much closer to his home, which is a bit east of where I was headed. But he has hunted those mountain turkeys long enough to know what they like and don't like and what they do and they don't do. After several conversations with JR, I felt comfortable marking a few spots on a map closer to where I was going to be staying on that trip. After all, this forest has everything that wild turkeys need to survive. Trees, food, and water. So I knew there had to be turkeys closer to the cabin that I'd rented than a one-hour drive away, like the spots that I got earlier from the park ranger. Did I know for a fact that there were turkeys in those specific spots that I picked? No. Did I know for a fact that there were turkeys in those specific spots that the park ranger told me about? No. So how do we find out for sure if there are birds in those spots? Well, there's a one-word answer for that. Presence. No, not the kind that go underneath the tree. The kind of presence from just being present. We have to put our boots on the ground. There is only one other way to do that without putting our boots in the ground, and that's to have a hunting buddy do it for us or a guide. If we're going out of state and don't have the time to keep boots on the ground, scouting for ourselves on those trips. Now, before I talk about being present and getting boots on the ground, I need to talk about two more things related to those phone calls that I made and my cyber scouting. First, how did I pick those spots I marked on the map by talking to JR and looking at satellite imagery online? Well, first thing I did was I had to make sure that the spots that I was looking at were actually in the National Forest or on the state WMA in that area. And that is where the OnX app came in very handy. As most of you know, the OnX app actually shows the property line boundaries and the names of the property owners as well. So making sure that I was studying and scouting public land was step one. This is something you can't do with Google Earth alone. You have to use Google Earth and the GIS maps or tax records for the county that you're planning on hunting. So it's a much more difficult approach without having OnX or HuntStand or any of the other apps that provide that service 
of having the property line boundaries be an overlay on the satellite imagery and on the topo maps that they have available for us to use. Now OnX makes it a snap and by using the app on a computer or a tablet instead of on a smartphone, we can cover much more ground and get a much wider scope of the habitat in that area than we can get by using a smartphone. After determining that I was looking at public ground, I started looking at ridge tops in this area. More specifically, I started looking at long running ridge tops using the topo map layer in Onyx. I was told by my resource, JR, that the turkeys on the National Forest will gobble. Now that's quite different than a lot of the public land turkeys in Alabama. But I was told that these turkeys would gobble during the day and I knew I could hear further if I was on a ridge top than I was in a valley or a hollow. I also knew, thanks to JR and my own experience, that turkeys like to come up to the tops of the ridges at some point during the day. So hunting ridge tops was the key and I needed to find those ridge tops where I could walk and hunt a couple of miles without having to navigate 1,000 to 2,000 foot elevation changes throughout the course of the day or my hikes. Most turkeys and wildlife don't even want to walk those types of elevation changes and that's why saddles make great pinch points. It's not as much about these wild animals being lazy like us as it is about energy expenditure and survival. Most of these animals don't know where their next meal is coming from, so they know they have to conserve as much energy as they can. Okay, so it makes perfectly good sense to hunt the ridge tops because that is where the turkeys will be at some point during the day, and I can hunt them easier and faster. And covering ground is key to pinpointing the location of those turkeys. The topo map feature on Onyx was extremely helpful in locating those long-running ridge tops, and it was helpful in locating the trails and trailheads that I needed to walk to get on those ridge tops. That is something that you can't find on Google Earth by itself either. All right, the second thing that I need to cover before we start talking about boots on the ground is how did I know who to call and to talk to for the intel about the mountain turkeys that was so helpful to my hunt success. So for me, I contacted someone that I knew had experience hunting very similar turkeys in terrain only about 60 miles away from where I was going to be hunting. But if you're going halfway across the country and you don't know someone who hunts that piece of public land already, then how do we find that person that can help us? Well, there's a couple of ways that are pretty easy to do that. First is we can get on the turkey hunting forum oldgobbler.com and search for info or threads on that particular piece of public land. Or create a new topic or thread where we share a little bit of our story and what we need help with. Now we can also get on Facebook and search for group pages for people who may hunt those areas that we want to go. So get on Facebook and search XYZ area turkey hunters. You might be quite surprised about the results that show up. If you don't find a Facebook group for the 
particular area that you want to hunt, then find a Facebook group for that state where you're going hunting. And then join that page and share your story with those people on that page. What do I mean by share your story with the people on those pages? Well, my story sounds like this. I live in Alabama and I am planning a hunt to blank state, blank piece of public land, or blank area in this state. My goal is to kill a turkey in every single state that has turkeys. Right now, I am 21 states away from completing my goal. I'm not asking for someone to help me and point me to a specific tree to go sit on, but I would like some information on just some good general areas to go to where I can hunt within that public land or within that area that I'm going to be in. And I only need one turkey. After I get my turkey, I'm done. I'm not coming back. I'm moving on. I have other states I have to go and try to kill turkeys in. Any help or input or intel would be very much appreciated to get me pointed in the right direction. Again, I'm not looking for a specific tree to hunt on, but I'm looking for information about these turkeys, where to find them, what they like, what they don't like, what they're doing midday, mid-morning, early morning, all throughout the day. If you can provide me some information, I'd be very appreciative. Please send me a direct message or a private message, and I'll get back to you just as quick as I can. Now, I've said this before, and I mean it. But I am convinced that turkey hunters are the biggest group of liars in the outdoor world. But they can also be the most helpful and kind as well. And many people on those sites, on Facebook and on Old Gobbler, are helpful after they hear your story. Remember, do not get on Facebook or Old Gobbler and ask someone to point you to a tree to sit against. There are three Simple reasons not to do that. Number one, no turkey hunter who does not know you very well is going to do that for you ever. Secondly, we really don't want someone to do that for us anyway, do we? Isn't the fun in doing the scouting and finding the turkeys and calling the turkeys in ourselves? And thirdly, if a turkey hunter did do that for us, then he or she has lied to us and just put us in a gar hole far away from any wild turkey. What we're really looking to find out is what areas can I find turkeys in? I don't want to know GPS coordinates, just general areas. And what is it that these turkeys like to eat? What do they like to do? Where do they like to roost? Where do they like to loaf, to strut, to spend the mornings, the afternoons, etc., etc., etc. We really just want to talk turkey with another turkey hunter who hunts the same general areas, the same general turkeys that we want to hunt. But we want to have that conversation out of view of the general public. So take any and every conversation that you can initiate with a member of those groups or a member of those forums. Take them to a private or direct message on Facebook or Old Gobbler. I mean, think about it for a second. How likely are you to share your private and personal information in a room full of CPAs? I mean, these are professionals. They are bound to maintain a certain level of trust and privacy with people. But how likely are you to share your information with a room full of CPAs versus how likely are you to share your private and personal information with 
one CPA in a quiet, private setting. If you're like me, you're much more likely to share that information with one CPA in a quiet, private setting. If someone on Old Gobbler or Facebook expresses an interest on our public post about helping us, then our next action should be to publicly reply back to that person's public response to our initial public post and say something like, do you mind if I DM or PM you? Would love to chat more about this. You'll be amazed at how much people will open up to you just about hunting turkeys in that area in general when you get them one-on-one compared to any public setting. We should engage them. We should ask them questions. And last but Definitely not least, we should offer to help them in returning the favor should that person want to come to our state or our part of the state to hunt. This is also very important. Follow up with him or her after the hunt, especially if we're successful. If I'm going to offer to help you, take time out of my schedule to do it, and then never hear from you again, then that's a little bit like watching the first half of a turkey hunt on YouTube or some other format, they break for a commercial as soon as the Tom shows himself to the cameraman and they never come back to the show. We as hunters and human beings want to know how the show, basically how our show ends. Now that I've talked about all that, let's talk about being present. Now I had my target areas marked on Onyx based on my thoughts of where I would find turkeys, based on my conversations with JR and the ranger, but I didn't know if there were turkeys there at that time or not. Now, Georgia's season started on a Saturday morning, and I had plans to be in the areas that I had marked Friday afternoon, a few hours before dark, to look for sign, fresh sign, of course, and to listen for turkeys gobbling or flying up to roost. And sure enough, I found sign in those spots. It wasn't terribly fresh sign, but it was sign nonetheless. And I did hear turkeys gobble on the roost, even though they weren't very close to me. I went back to that spot the next morning, which was opening morning, and was not convinced after hunting there that there were still turkeys on that particular ridge. So I had to change gears and I had to find new areas, which I did using the OnX app on my laptop. I found a ridge that ran for about three to four miles, and there was a hiking trail that ran that entire ridge top. So I marked it as a waypoint on my Onyx map and I set out to put my boots, eyes, and ears on that trail, on that ridge top. And of course, I had a shotgun slung across my back. Now, if you guys listen to any of the episodes from last year's hunts, then you already know that I saw Tom that afternoon and killed him the following morning. Now, if our spots that are marked on our maps don't have turkeys or turkey sign on them, then we need to find more spots. We need to talk to more people. We need to walk more. We need to look and listen harder. Track down the mail carrier. Track down the UPS driver, the FedEx driver. Go to the local farmer supply store or feed store. Go to the local sporting goods store. People love to talk and tell you how good they are. How many turkeys they saw during deer season. How many turkeys they killed this spring? How many turkeys they killed last spring? 
that information is not that hard to find out. And when looking on a map at public land out of state or even in state for that matter, I like to look for water, trees, big trees, and wildlife openings. Wildlife openings are huge. If I can find those things on Google Earth or on X, I can find turkeys about 80% of the time in those areas. If, like North Georgia, an area has plentiful water and is almost 100% wooded with almost no wildlife openings, then I start to look for any kind of break in the monotony. A transition of pine plantation to hardwoods, terrain breaks, transition from tall trees to shorter trees, etc., etc., etc. If it's an area like Arizona or Texas that has scarce water, but has a good mix of trees and openings, then I'm focusing on those areas with water nearby. If an area like Kansas, North Dakota, parts of South Dakota have water, but very few trees, and it's mostly open, then I'm making sure there are turkeys in that area first by checking the NWTF website and map of wild turkey populations for that area in that state, and then I'm looking for trees near water and focusing on those areas. Some of those areas, even though they've got water and they've got trees, may not have enough of either one of those things to hold a population of turkeys. And if that's the case, that turkey population map on the NWTF website is pretty darn accurate. So refer back to it often if you're going to be hunting out of state. If an area or a region has plentiful water, is about 50% trees for turkeys to roost in and feed underneath, and about 50% wildlife openings, fields, pastures, again, for turkeys to feed in, then I know that I typically want to hunt the edges of those fields, and at that point, I need to find out from someone or figure out on my own what the turkeys there are doing and when they're doing it. This was the case for my Minnesota hunt. So before I left to go to Minnesota last year, I joined the Facebook group page for Minnesota turkey hunters. I got on the site and told them my story. I'm trying to kill a turkey in every state. I'm coming up there to hunt public land. Can anyone point me in the general direction of turkeys? I'm not looking for a specific tree. So of course, a few people said, hey, just find a piece of public land Go to this website to find the public land. Go to that land and start hunting. You'll find turkeys. That doesn't sound very helpful, does it? Well, it's not really untrue. So they didn't lie to me. They just didn't give me as much information as I wanted to hear from them. But two people did reach out to me. And of course, those conversations went private. Those conversations were not posted publicly on the group page for everyone to see. And one of those two people was actually hunting in that area two or three days before I went, and he killed his turkey. And at that point in time, he shared his pins with me on OnX, and that was huge. He also told me that the turkeys like to roost on the public land in this area, fly down and walk, and they'll gobble as they're walking towards the ag fields that are just across the property line from the public land. He said, get in front of those turkeys, and you should be able to kill them, or keep an eye on them, those ag fields on the private ground. 
and get in front of them that way. I did that, and I darn near killed a turkey the very first morning I was there. But what I noticed is, because I was not as familiar with that property, is that I was having a hard time getting in front of the turkeys because I didn't know where those turkeys were walking to get to those fields. I didn't know the trails. I didn't know the roads that they were walking to get there. So the turkeys were beating me to the fields first. So I knew that I had to regroup. I had to change the way that I was doing things. And I knew that I had to find some public land that had ag fields on it. And that is exactly what I did. One night while sitting in the campground, I found some public land that was about a 30-minute drive from where I was camping. And there were, I can't even remember now, three or four nice size ag fields on this public ground. And there were trees all around it. And I went there that afternoon and heard and hunted two turkeys, each of which gobbled well over a 100 times that afternoon. And then I ended up killing one of those two turkeys. I have no doubt that I would have not had the success that I had on that trip if I did not have that conversation with the person in Minnesota who was so helpful and gave me map coordinates, but also gave me the intel about what those turkeys were doing, when they were doing it, what they liked, and what they didn't like. And of course, I sent him a text message that included a picture of me with my wild turkey from Minnesota to let him know that I was successful. So that's pretty much, in a nutshell, how I go about cyber scouting and scouting public ground, large tracts of public ground. I hope that Matt and the rest of you guys found this information to be helpful. So, you know, I recommend that we use the technology that we have available to us to explore some new areas from the comfort of home, of course, and find some new areas to hunt. And then make some contacts in those areas to just talk turkey and see if we can glean any information from those resources that may help us find and kill more turkeys. Once we get that information, we need to take our maps and notes with us, preferably electronically if that's possible, and get there and start walking and looking and listening for turkeys. All the electronic scouting in the world is great, but unless we're going to start electronically hunting and electronically killing turkeys, then we have to get our boots on the ground. And lastly, A-B-S, always be scouting. If our areas that we first chose or were told to go do not pan out, then we need to find new areas. And you know, if we're scouting public land or even private land for that matter at home, then we should have numerous turkeys located before our season even begins so that we have a plan D, a plan R, a plan W, X, Y, and Z. Turkey season is quickly approaching for a lot of us and I hope that we all learn something from my 2018 season in Alabama. Scout, scout, scout. Scout from home, scout in the woods. And when we are tired of scouting, then we should go back home and scout some more from our computers. And while I'm telling you to scout, 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 part of me wants to sing it the way that Motley Crue would want me to, but I'm going to save you. 
But I'm going to save you that today. So this week, do me two favors if you don't mind. I know I told you earlier in the show I was going to ask you for one favor, but do me two favors. Number one, email me and let me know if you have a different approach to your scouting and cyber scouting. And by no means is my way the only way, but I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your strategy on those two things. Favor number two, I did mention this at the beginning of the show. Email me your turkey hunting goals for 2019 and your show topic and guest suggestions. I have said this before and I'm going to say it again and I truly believe it. This is your show. I'm just hosting it. I want to know what you want to hear more of while listening. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.